Sorry, <coughs> I drew on myself. Uh, in any event, <laughs> welcome to The Double Shot with your favourite cousins, James and Alex Fitzgerald. Well, I can't hear anything. I'm looking at you, looking at yourself. Uh, I've got a like... red pen and a white shirt and I just drew on my white shirt. <laughs> anyway, it uh, doesn't matter. <laughs> nappy, hey, you've got a five-month-old you that. blame it on. <laughs> yeah, picked up Davy. He had a pen in his hand, uh, and hey, presto! I had to come to work. I was uh, rushing out the door. Uh, Little will they know it was you? <laughs> anyway, how are you going? Yeah, no, pretty good. A little bit. I was a bit pissed off this morning, but I'm out. I'm out of the pissed off All phase because right. I had. There's a little glucose test you've got to do. All the pregnant ladies get it, and right, um, right. and the partners probably heard about it. But yeah, I just had to you know starve myself and then have this uh, sugary drink. So I was I was a bit shitty this morning. I'm not going to lie, but I'm back. I'm good. And, you, and and on that note, we we mm. are doing next week, I believe, a somewhat pregnancy yes. themed podcast, <laughs> aren't we? Well, well, what are you what are you going to store for for Mater- well, thank you. I've I've just got like I guess it's kind of obvious stuff, but I thought we absolutely have to do a bit of a maternity leave, you know, financials and and yada yada because it's Themed. a conversation I'm having more and more often. But uh, producer JB made a good Great. point that it it can also be applied to yeah. people that are spending significant time off work. You know, like my brother yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, who just had knee surgery and didn't get paid for six weeks. Mm. You know, so um, can definitely be applied to that. So tune in. To that next week, but but this week I wanted to uh, I wanted to let you know I know you're not on TikTok, but TikTok is is not only used for strange dancing videos. Okay, do tell. <laughs> well, I mean, it's got a lot of stuff on there, comedy and whatever, and I I'm forever on a spin of deleting and re-downloading that app because I understand it's a time waster. But there's been a huge <laughs> like tax scam come out of TikTok. So someone's figured out how they can scam the Australian tax office, get money back, and they've shared it on TikTok and it's gone, I don't want to say viral, but but somewhat viral. Can you how? believe that? How? Do you mind what just, they, do you mind just linking that to me, Alex, just, uh, just, <laughs> just when we finish up here? Thanks. JB's got to update his TikTok. Um, how? And that, what are and they... that perfectly segues <laughs> into my maternity leave. <laughs> what, are they, what, are they, what are they doing? I'm assuming it's... Um, Capital gains, no, no. In, is it income tax or GST related? Okay, so I, I was I was extremely intrigued here because I was thinking, like, can you even scam the tax office today? That's probably the dumbest question that I've ever asked, you know. Oh, definitely. Rhetorically, but, whether, whether but you obviously you can't. Yeah. My brain just doesn't think in scam terms. <laughs> think in loophole terms but not scams. Anyway, this is obviously a a scam loophole, but basically, so from late 2020, Mm -hmm. the banks were the first to notice that there was a wave of like really suspicious big chunk incomes that were sort of like these one-offs on, um, you know, customers that were also receiving social benefits, you know, and then, hey, presto, they're getting 10 grand, 20 grand, 30 grand. Um, and getting these huge business payments, uh, in some cases they were more than $100,000 and they were coming from the tax office. So if you've ever got a, a tax refund or, you know, bits and pieces here, it, it will come actually from the ATO. And so the banks actually noticed this. The scam, which I believe you, you can't do anymore in, in some capacity, was <laughs> whereby people were going online, setting up their own ABN, Australian business number, very mm-hmm. easy to do. I've, I've done it before. Um, and then they would go into their MyGov account, which we've all got, and if you're, if you're not sure if you've got one, you definitely do. <laughs> you just might not be used to using it. And they would go on their MyGov 
and they would apply for GST refunds on huge fictitious business setup expenses um, and they would claim them um, and then they would get the, the GST setup cost back into mm. their account. And this is what all of these, you know, fictitious ABNs were doing. Um, and I imagine, I imagine it, it has become so popular because people were doing it through TikTok and, and what must have put videos out there explaining how to do it. Exactly, exactly. God, um, brazen. So super dodge. You know, there was probably your odd person that was legit and yep. was, you know, setting up their own small business and then not realising they can actually apply for the GST refunds um, on setting up your own business. To, to be fair, I didn't really know that you could do that. Yeah. So, you yep. know, there's probably some legitimised refunds in there, unfortunately. So, it's, so how, do, how does this stack up? Because you, you are partial to a, a scam. Uh, and what I mean by that is you, you, you've Intriguing. recommended me a bunch of podcasts over the years <laughs> which are scam kind of related. related, like reporting yeah. on someone's scam that they got away with. Uh, how does this rank amongst uh, some of the scams that you've come across over the oh. years? Listen, I mean, this is this is interesting. Like, did I hear about it and then go and Google like crazy? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but the most interesting one I, the scam, which was turned yes. into a podcast, and I did rave on about it last year, over a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. It was called The Sure Thing. And mm-hmm. it was these two buddies. One worked uh, like for an investment bank and the other worked for the Australian Bureau of Statistics. Mm. And the guy who worked at the ABS knew about the data that was coming out, you know, the next day before it came out, which would then he would give to his mate and his mate would uh, it would allow him to go and, you know, hedge bets and, and do all this stuff in relation to, you know, the unemployment data and, and all this mm. stuff coming out because he would know, say, 12, month, uh, 12 hours ahead of time. Mm. Fascinating. It's called the sure thing. Both of them end up locked up um, and they're really young guys, but so fascinating. A couple of others, just in case you're also in, in my wheelhouse here. Yeah, yeah. Well, Who the hell I like is podcasts. Hamish? Who the, hell, Who the is hell, hell is Hamish? Okay. Great podcast. Yeah. Um, just a just a classic scam artist. Scammed the girlfriends, scammed the wives, scammed everybody. Um, <laughs> Seems like a great then, guy. Yeah. <laughs> He's very fascinating, I'll tell you that. Um, and then one one more recently that I listened to was called Scamanda. Um, her name's Amanda, but Scamanda. <laughs> Not bad. Not bad. F- terrible, f- though. Figure like, this much. Terrible. Yeah. She, she fakes cancer <clears throat> and then basically like gets up at church every weekend and um, tells everyone how sick she is and they don't know. But I just I just can't believe the lengths that some people will go to to lie. But I guess, you know, when it's the ATO, I, you're a little bit more like, you know, F the tax department kind of thing. <laughs> you know, like so scamming might, real life so humans. So my tax is like, about to get ordered, audited. <laughs> Thanks, Alex. No, 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 no. We are I'm, in a... I'm fascinated by this psycho- <laughs> psychologically speaking. Didn't know where you were going, but that was a deep rabbit hole that we just ended up in. Sorry, bud. <laughs> Sorry, bud. You can tell. I love it. Whatever. Snap. Snap fact. The snap man. Snap fact. Cousy, a little snap fact for you. And we, we actually omitted this last week because I feel like we talk about population growth way too much, but... So relevant because we're about to go into a housing supply segment. So I've I've slotted your stat fact back in. We've had yep. so far this year two percent population growth. 
Um, amazingly, 2.46 million foreigners in Australia on temporary visas, which mm. by contrast last year we had 1.93 million. So we've had an extra 530,000 and we're not even at the end of the year. Wow. We're not even at the end of the year yet. Wow. Wow. And yeah, I saw student, student visas up uh, to 570 from 360 so that there's Most. another 200,000 there as well. Ne- nearly, like nearly on the verge of a double. Mm, well, you know, the the uh, the kind of catchphrase that came out of the budget earlier this year is we're going to bring the equivalent of Adelaide, 1.3 million people into the country this year, next year and the year after. That is a lot of people and it's already started. In fact, you, you could probably mount a case that the vast majority are already in. Can I just say, that's isn't that a terrible catchphrase? Catchphrase? Yes. What would I call it? I don't know. It was catchy and it was a phrase. Wait, so I thought... It wasn't catchy. I'll tell you what's catchy. A Barney's Warehouse, lowest prices are just the beginning. That's catchy. Oh, God. It's like hey, Australian uh, talk, population. Talk, talk, talk me through this house. It's mm. everywhere. Like I feel like housing housing and Albanese are going together more than inflation and Jim Chalmers in the second half of this year. It <laughs> is unavoidable. It's just... Housing easy. Housing too much easy. housing easy. It, it is everywhere. Well, it has to be though, right? Like if, if housing is not at the top of the federal government's agenda, uh, we are in big trouble, big trouble. But, but what came out, Kaz, last week, in well, fact? Well, they've pretty much thrown everything but the kitchen sink at trying to fix the housing crisis. And the federal government, yeah. they're, they're, they're in a rock and a hard place because mm. the... Technically, the solution is to unlock more supply and that's not something that they control. They don't control, say, state-owned infrastructure like roads and and sewer networks and and all that sort of thing and they don't control the planning system. So uh, what they've got to do is basically incentivise the states by offering money to help them bring on Mm -hmm. further supply. Uh, They've put, I'm going to say... I think it's up to nearly $4 billion now because it was $3.5 billion last week and they just keep announcing stuff. So nearly $4 mm. billion worth of incentives being offered to the state governments to effectively fast track the bringing on of supply. $500 million of that is to go directly to the states to build infrastructure that they weren't planning to build. So upgrade yes. sewers, roads, rail networks, whatever it is that might be holding back um, mm. certain projects from being able to get off the ground. And then a $3 billion performance bonus, which I, I, I'm not sure there's not a lot of details there, but no. uh, basically each state's going to be given like a KPI is how I, well, I understand it. They get given a KPI yeah. and if they meet the KPI, mm. they earn effectively like a bonus. No no different to if you if you worked yep. for a, a company, I guess, you, you get bonus incentive. It's it's crazy actually. It's yeah, it's it's light on detail, but something along the lines of for every for every house or dwelling that you exceed over, you know, what you need to deliver, we will incentivize, mm. which is pretty amazing. And by the way, five hundred million dollars on Infrastructure is not, it's not a lot of money. Not a lot of money on infrastructure. No, no, like, that'll get you. That'll get you five sewers. But um, you, you know a, what I mean. But uh, in any event, it, well, it's ca- it's catalyst funding, but basically, like it's 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 not meant to fund the whole thing, but it's meant to maybe make it a little bit more attractive for the states to to go and get it because uh, I think it was first in best dressed as well. So you Absolutely. know, it, 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 yeah. 
gives yep. an incentive to, to act quickly. The other one mm. is the help to buy. Now, we talked about, you Ooh. and I, I'm going to say four months ago, we talked about, remember the, the shared equity scheme mm. that the government um, talked about in the lead up to the election where they would effectively partner with you to, to buy a house. They'll, they'll lend you up to 40% of Crazy. the property value. Uh, and if they lend you 40%, you've got to give them 40% of the uplift in value over time. And and, the, and, and we loved it. Like 40% yep. of or 60% of one is better than all of none, right? So, yeah, you know, yep, yep. loved it. It just has not appeared since the the election. I don't know where it went. The great fizzle. The great fizzle, hasn't it? It went to the graveyard of political policies mm. that that. But but, it's been mentioned. It's back, potentially. <laughs> potentially, maybe go on. We don't know. Nothing's us, in concrete yet. Everything's just being yeah, discussed as this is what we want to do. Mm. Uh, I'm not sure whether you know it got blocked or, or something like that. But that's one that I'm keeping an eye on because that would be an absolute. Gamay Changer, to use your your <laughs> term, for first-time buyers. Like, that is literally the best policy you could ever have as a first-time buyer. Well, you know, it's it's one element of, of the housing crisis, right? I mean, it, helping first-time buyers is good. It feels good. 40% is a lot, um, but it's only one small element of, of what they need to do to unlock supply. Mm. Big time. Mm. Big time. It, Actually, I don't even think we've mentioned it, but previously the goal was to deliver a million homes in the next five years. It's now 1.2 million, mm. um, which is like God industry bodies screaming, going, yeah, yeah, we absolutely need that um, supply without a doubt. But also like, you know, what are the mechanisms of actually delivering that many homes in, in that relatively short amount of time? Well, um, you know, if I'm a state government, I'm, I'm looking at the what the Canberra folk have done and I'm thinking... That's a pretty quick way for me to get my performance bonus. Go and do what the chief minister down there has well, done and rezone all my land. You're going straight to density, aren't you? You're going straight. You're not going. Oh well, yeah, cool. We'll just uh, we'll just tick all these 600 square meter blocks. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, keep the fringe going. No, you know, you're gonna go. Geez, all right. Well, maybe maybe we do. You know, minimum 200, 250 square meters, and and blah 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 blah, and you know, get a lot more savvy. So it will be really interesting to see where we go with this. Well, you know, they're aiming for another 1.2 million houses. So let's say, you know, a place like New South Wales or Sydney is mm. required to, to build, you know, probably three or 400,000 of those houses. You know, for, for a city with, with two, two and a half million houses already there, go and rezone all the land, you, you, you get a, probably another 100,000 houses without doing anything. Mm, absolutely. A lot of, lot of political uproar. One. A lot of political uproar across this. Um, but another sort of interesting click on, if you like, has come out and where the PCA, Property Council of Australia, have said, look, <clears throat> yep, we agree. We need to build 1.2 million of more of homes, uh, yeah, more homes, um, and that will definitely fix our supply. But there's other things we need to do in the short term because the short term is like obviously the the big critical item mm. uh, because we can't have people, you know, without housing or in this in this terrible housing crisis. Um, so a few things have come out, you know, developer bonuses, um, capital grants, rental subsidies as opposed to rental caps, subsidies, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, help people out, um, discounted leases, um, and then things like finance reduction or, or no land tax. So kind of like interesting things like that to sort of say, hey, for all those shovel-ready developments that are, 
you know, maybe sort of struggling to, to stack their feasibilities, see if we can do these few things to actually get them out of the ground and, and mm-hmm. going if we if we take away these added expenses and, and stuff like that. That's good. Kind of th- the opposite of what the Victorian government are doing right now. <laughs> yeah, look, you know, I just think it's great that it's front and centre. Clearly we're, we're not far away from solving all these problems around supply, affordability that, that have been persisting for a long time. Poof. Go on, cuz you can have this segment because I feel like I've been uh, old hogologs. <laughs> I smell well, like glucose I had this morning. Woo! Well, it's mi- mixed news. It's mixed news. Uh, and I say this oh. uh, because the unemployment rate is up and wages aren't growing as fast as they were. Now, that is not good news, obviously, uh, mm-hmm. because people are probably thinking, well, wouldn't mind my, growage, my wages growing a bit quicker? But... It's probably good news in the context of the Reserve Bank and what they're doing. With interest rates, our unemployment mm-hmm. rate went from 3.5%, which is crazy, crazy low. Record crazy low, low. Up to 3.7%, mm. still really low. Uh, wages went from growing at uh, a rate of 3.5% per annum to just uh, on an annualised basis about 32 So still growing above 3%, um, still healthy, um, but not the crazy highs that we were seeing over the sort of first half of this year. So it's coincided with the Reserve Bank pausing uh, rates at the last meeting. Mm. I dare say, you know, that they're probably going to sit and, and wait. Uh, this data certainly wouldn't be an encouragement uh, for them to, to lift rates. I don't, I don't think they'd be dropping rates or anything like that. But, um, yeah, I think good news from a rates perspective, decent news for the everyday punter. Uh, mm-hmm. Unemployment rates still low, not as low. Wages still going up, just not by as much. So maybe inflation might cool off a little bit and uh, we won't be glued to our computer screens at 2.35pm on the first Tuesday of every month. Yeah. Net, when they net, release the, uh, the interest rates. Net good news. Hey, um, uh, auctions, <laughs> auctions starting up uh, again. We're, we're a couple of weeks out from spring and we are Seems seeing... Too early. We're too seeing early. We're seeing a massive pre-spring bump in uh, auction uh, numbers. In fact, almost every capital city up on this time last year Fairly prominent in Sydney, where you've got nearly 25% more auctions this weekend just gone versus the same weekend last year, which is mm. really unusual. So it it's seems like maybe wild. a bit of a, a spring spring frenzy kicking off early. I don't know what your take is on the ground down in Melbourne. I'm, I'm shocked at the houses coming to market, to be honest with you. They are like big, sexy homes that I would have thought definitely – are not worthy of coming on in winter and it's bloody cold down here at the moment. But I guess the the really low listings volume is making it very appealing mm-hmm. for those that are looking for a home. Get a jump on um, everyone. Well, sorry, yeah, sorry, for yeah. those that are looking at selling to, to go, well, there's hardly any on the market for those looking. So, you know, I might actually might be a bit of a black swan moment, I suppose. There could be a bit of a bidding war because there ain't nothing else out there. Yeah, and I mentioned before Sydney's auction numbers in terms of the number of homes for auction up by 25%. The clearance rate, 77.5% was the highest since June last year, which is really high. And across Australia, 74% the highest in a couple of months. So, yeah, really interesting. That wasn't expecting those kind of numbers this early uh, from a, from a, a normal sort of spring auction perspective. Madness. 
Kelsey, so it looks to me, I mean, you've got a, you're fangirling yep. a new person, a new demographer, but I'll, we'll get to that in a moment. Yeah, I am. You're fangirling yep. really hard. Yep. But um, basically we, we love to talk about the population demographically whereby not only just growth but also the the mixes of people whether in working age, in retirement age, because it has a, it actually has a lot to do with the decisions that our country makes. Um, and it's actually very interesting when you dive into, you know, pension, us looking after people, what people have in their super, yada, yada. Look, yeah, for, for a real estate person, Thursdays are easily the best day to get the papers because- Isn't that, isn't that not known? That's, that's a known thing, right? For real estate people, yes. Yeah, like, like, but but if you're not in, yeah, if you're not in real estate, like prop, like if you're in education, I think Wednesday's your day because <laughs> all the papers theme education like massive expos. They bank their articles. Yeah, 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 big time. And I think like Tuesday's technology. So there's themes and days and Thursday is the day. I try and really make sure I don't roster anything early in the morning <laughs> so I can go through all the papers on a Thursday. Oh, God. And my okay. girl, Hari, Hari Hara, Priya Kanan is fast becoming my favourite writer because she puts a demographic lens on property and comes out with some absolute, uh, I'll say belters. They're belters because they're really insightful. They're really insightful, yeah. And and her one this week basically looked at the population projections over the next decade Mm -hmm. and it broke it down to say, well, you know, the the majority of the Australian population, let's say, going to grow by about you know, 13, 14%. But what's actually happening is the the working population from, from I think she's gone 15 to 64. Yeah, that's... that's I'm not sure how many 15-year-olds are working, I but know, let's say... But you're deemed give or take, working age. Mm. De- deemed working age. I guess they're going to be the working age over the coming decade. Yeah. 15 to 64, going to grow by 12%. People above 64 years old in Australia, that that section of our demographic is going to grow by 31% in the same period of time, which is a massive demographic shift because it means that we're going to have nearly three times the growth in the section of our country that aren't working, that are yes. probably relying on, on, on you know, healthcare and, and potentially even welfare as well. Mm. So that the burden from a cost perspective is going to be significant uh, and that's a massive challenge for governments around Australia and and, and around the world because we're, we're we're one of many countries with that type of trend. Yeah, it's also going to impact the type of housing. Yeah, that we use and need to build. Oh, it's it's huge. Like it affects our migration. We've got to bring in workers to compensate for those retiring because once you're 65, even if you aren't retiring, you you could retire at any point. Yeah, um, we've got well, to... the services and the services that they use, exactly. which is yeah, exactly. Health. Yeah, that's right. right. We've, we've got to come in and, and find more uh, tax-paying citizens, if you will, to, to cover the growing pension bill. Um, mm. Like there's, there's so many elements to it. And then, of course, not everyone's dying, you know, just after they retire, to put very frankly. They live for a very long time. So we've got to actually keep the housing that we've got for them um, whilst also bringing in new migrants to fill their jobs, which which puts a lot of pressure on the, on the housing crisis. Which you know may seem kind of obvious to you and I, but I guess to the to the average punter, we just think about supply and demand in in a very simple strap. But when you talk about this this demographic mm. that are going to sixty five plus, and it is growing by thirty percent, 
it's very interesting. And, and and I guess she started the article by saying that that correct the the overall population is going to grow from twenty one million in twenty twenty one to thirty million by twenty thirty. So we're talking big numbers. Like you know, if you apply the the numbers within there, that that it's it's growing population and and you're getting a much faster rate of growth in the sixty five plus. Demographic. So, if you're a business, if you're in property, you've got to kind of have a mind on on, on the fact that the use is going to look a little bit different to what it does today. Yeah, absolutely. And amongst, aren't we having a baby boom? We a baby boom at the moment. Well, that's the other thing. It yeah, that like was it to me. But well, I'm just, just just quietly, that was actually I reckon that was Harihara Priya Kanan's article from like three weeks ago. Was the baby boom? So she's onto some absolute belters. She knows her numbers. We like her. I was call her Priya for short. And uh, speaking of, keep an eye out next week for the maternity, paternity, <laughs> long vacation, time off work themed <laughs> podcast. There will be some news in there as well, obviously, but oh. uh, keep an eye out for that. Alex has done a lot of work. In fact, the most work I'm going to say that you've done on a podcast this year. Other than the one you did on your own. I knew you would say that. But you got Mitch in to talk for 15 minutes about his... Japanese it's living. It's all about strategy and execution with efficiency highlighted. Thank you. And please dial in next week. All right. See you guys. Toodaloo. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Double Shot with your favourite cousins, Alex and James Fitzgerald. If you've got a burning question or something we absolutely need to talk about on the pod, please write to us. Both of our emails are in the show notes. For little real estate tidbits and a little bit of banter, okay, a lot of banter, you can follow us on the gram. Our handle is the doubleshot.podcast. That, my friends, is the doubleshot.podcast. Until next time, think of us when you sit back and sip your next double shot.